Aloha. This is international baritone Quinn Kelsey, and this is the CBH Podcast. Yes. All right. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Sunday, April 23rd. Welcome. Welcome to the CBH Podcast. Um, last weekend, I got to go to the Opera News Awards. That was a big deal. I love the Opera News Awards. Um, we, don't, we don't have like, like a industry night in our business. We don't have, we don't have um, you know, we don't give away too many like public awards. We give a you know, we, we have like competitions when you're real young and you know, like we're just trying to help out the young singers and, and get them money. And that's something I'm actually going to go and see today. But um, there it is. Can you hear the sirens? I officially hate Hell's Kitchen. This is not a great place to live. This is not great. This is my first and last time in Hell's Kitchen. Uh, Opera News Awards. We don't, we don't really have this sort of um, evening. And it's just the best. It is a celebration of us. And this is just going to keep getting worse. Go ahead. Go ahead. God damn. Let's all enjoy this. This is Hell's Kitchen in a nutshell. This is 3 a.m. sometimes. Okay. What was I saying? Industry night. You know, we're here to celebrate thing, uh, three singers, Lisa Davidson and Aaron Morley and the great George Shirley. And, and they, they, they play these fantastic video montages and they have another singer there to, to present the award and there's some uh, musical um, uh, uh, interludes and, and it's just like this incredible night. They, they do it over the Plaza Hotel in the main ballroom, which is a, which is a, a historic room. It's um, stunning. I don't know. It just reminds me that what we do has some importance, and I know it's and it's you know it's no more important than to us. <laughs> I think I'm becoming more and more aware of that. Is that this continues because we love it. We love it. You know, our, we have a public, and we have people who want to see it, and they come to the show. But you know, what what makes this a lot of what makes this special, I think, is that we make it special, and um, uh, I I like that. It is special to me. I am a big opera fan. I'm a fan of, of the different aspects of it. And, and we had some legends out that night. And, um, uh, you, know, it, you know, I put some pictures up on Instagram, and it was one of uh, Lauren Flanagan and one of James Morris and Angela Geargue, and I was sitting next to Debbie Voigt, actually sitting next to her at the table. And, um, you know, Dedis Graves was there, and, and, and then a bunch of people from my generation, and then there were a lot of young singers, too. They're, they're, they're good about inviting uh, some of the kids from um, Juilliard and Manhattan School. You can see that there's singers, young singers in the back. There's some extra seats, and, and they're good about bringing in the next folks to just kind of, like, witness it. I sat in the back, too, it, and honestly, it wasn't that long ago that I was still sitting in the back. And so, um, you know, there's a path. <laughs> there's a path in this business, and... And I think that everybody has to earn it in a way. Now, I want to. I, I need to give a little uh, assignment to young singers because um, I initially put up those pictures of me and my heroes, and I didn't post names because many of that generation uh, are not on Instagram. And so uh, there's there's a there's a void there. And then somebody brought it to my attention and said, "Hey, young singers might not know who those people are." And I was sick. It made me sick that that could be true. And I hate to admit that I have seen evidence of this before with the younger generation where I say, hey, did you ever hear this recording of so-and-so and so-and-so? And they're like, who? You go, oh, no. Oh, no. 
you're a mezzo-soprano and you don't know who Marilyn Horn is, this is a major, major problem. This is a hole. This is a hole in the gap of your education. I want everybody to go and look up one of the following people. James Morris, Debbie Voigt, Denise Graves, Lauren Flanagan, or Angela Geargiu. If you're a young singer and you're unaware of those five people, you're being failed. <laughs> um, I rip off people's things in recordings constantly. Here's the secret, guys. If you want to do something, figure out who is doing it and then do what they do. It's just, this is not rocket scientist, rocket science. And, and um, uh, uh, I spent plenty of time listening to old recordings and going, no, that worked, I'm stealing that. That worked, I'm stealing that. That worked, I'm stealing that. I'm going to go see Peter Matei open Don Giovanni next week. I'm going to steal everything he does. Everything. <laughs> That's the name of this. Uh, you know, you'll have time to develop as an artist. But until then, if it was good enough for Siepi, it's good enough for you. If it was good enough for Joan Sutherland, it's good enough for you. And, and um, this was a huge part of my education growing up. My, my teacher said, you need to listen to all of this, not just your voice type. Listen to everybody. Take the style in. Learn from this. If you love it, it's good. Then do that. Um, if it was recorded in the 60s and the 70s, I mean, it's some of the greatest voices we have ever known, ever known. Um, I devoured recordings. I didn't, I didn't just listen to five or six. I listened to 15 or 20. Uh, make no mistake, this is how this career happens. You have to take all of this in. Take it in. Nobody can do this on their own. You're not going to be able to sit in a, in, a, in a practice room and then suddenly be a great singer. It's not going to work. There's a million different influences that you need to, to bring in. Um, you know, I don't, I really can't stress that enough. Listen to the old singers. Don't go to YouTube. Fine. If that exists, but you've you got to get your hands on the recordings. And I, I use, uh, Amazon music and, and Spotify. And I know there's 15 other ones just, they exist. Go find them. Please find them. This is, um, uh, a huge part of, of my training that I think was incredibly valuable. If you're not listening to the people who did it, you're missing out. You really are missing out because, Okay, but, you know, there were some recordings that were duds. There were some live ones that didn't quite make it, but if it's a studio recording from the 60s or 70s, it was some of the best voices that have ever existed. Go and find these things and devour them. Steal from them. <laughs> uh, opened um, uh, Bohem on what day? Friday? We opened Bohem on Friday. It was a nearly sold-out show. Now, I have access to tickets. Being in the show, I'm allowed uh, a couple of tickets. It's in my contract that I'm allowed a couple of tickets. And, and generally, I can get more than that if the house isn't that sold and I ask for an extra one here or there. It's, it's generally not a problem. I mean, a, as it should be for, for a principal at the Met. I think if there's seats available, we should get them, <laughs> in my humble opinion. <laughs> uh, and I made my request uh, the previous Monday, and, and um, it was not even an option to buy opening night, which means we were sold like mad. And I eventually did get my two tickets because, but I, I, I sort of had to make a, I had to appeal, I had to appeal higher <laughs> to get them. Um, uh, the house was nearly full, and boy, was there some serious magic. And I, and I have to think that they were there for, for Yannick, and, and effectively his first, um, I, from what I understood, his first stage bohem. He had done bohem twenty years ago in concert in Montreal, and um, uh, you know this was the, uh, from what I understood, this was the first time he had done it with a with a, a, a stage show. And, and, and Yannick said this the other night. He said, you know, when he thought about opera as a, as a child, he thought, 
Mabo M in the Zeffirelli production. And so it was a dream for him to, to, to do this. And, and, you know, frankly, for a lot of us, you know, I'm not that, I'm, I'm a one minute younger than Yannick. And, and it was one of the first things I ever saw too. And, and you know, that, that production was on PBS and it, in a lot of different forms. There were a lot of different singers that went through it, but I remember seeing uh, Carreras do it. I remember seeing Pavarotti, or, or if it wasn't live, I certainly saw the video of it. And, and so um, um, that was hugely inspiring. And so I, I've done it at the Met 35 or 40 times now, uh, th this production, but um, when there's somebody new, and our, and our uh, Musetta was new, Silvia Doramo, who's fantastic. Uh, that, was, that was her first time in it. And it's just such a joy to watch people enjoy doing it. And when the house was full, boy, there was some real magic in the room. Uh, and, and, and frankly, I hadn't really felt that in a bit. Uh, and so it was, it was um, uh, nice to re-energize that in a way. <laughs> I can't help but to feel like the elder statesman um, uh, in the show. <laughs> Thank God for, for Donald Maxwell singing uh, Benoit Nelchandoro, because <laughs> otherwise I think I'd have too much gray hair on the stage. Uh, but it's, it's, um, you know, th this, this Colline character, it's one of the first arias I ever learned. Uh, I've been singing it since, or more p being paid to sing Colline since about 2003. So 20 years of, of, of singing Colline and about 25 years of La Boheme because the first thing I ever did in opera was Benoit Alcindoro when I was in college. Um, you know, this, this music has been in my ears for a long, long time. And I don't, I don't travel with a score anymore. You know, I, I've got at least Acts 1, 2, and 4 memorized. I've never heard Act 3. I hear it's very good, though. <laughs> um, uh, you know, Bohème has been a constant in my life. Uh, and this, this character, I, I think I know him well. Uh, it's not that I don't, I, I don't like wonderfully relate to the man, but I, I think I understand who he is and what his job is in the show. Uh, um, it's, it's, um, it's fun to keep finding the little things, keep finding a new thing here and there. Uh, yeah, it was a real fun night. Um, and, and one that, um, uh, you know, I'm sure Yannick is going to end up doing this about a hundred times. Um, as we all do. Everybody's got to go through Bohème. And really, the Zeffirelli Bohème is kind of like, you know, when people come in, especially uh, low voices, baritones and basses, you're going to pass through this production, generally. Um, this is how they see if you can sing in this house. You know, uh, there's a lot happening. Act two just sort of happens to you. There's a lot of chaos. And so for you to cut through the chaos is, is kind of the trick in a, in a way you can give a lot of young baritones uh, shown art in this in this production, and 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 just see how they do, you know. And then you can graduate, and can you can move up, and a lot of guys do, and some guys don't. And it's it's a good little um, proving ground in a way, and that's um, uh, I, I think that's important. Zeffirelli Bohem at the Met is a is a is a thing, uh, and a real a real um, yeah, it's a privilege for me. And uh, today, this afternoon, I'm going up to the Met Opera House to see the finals of the Metropolitan Opera National Council auditions. Um, I love this day. I love it. You watch some incredible talent. Um, they're scared to death. They really are. You can smell fear. <laughs> Even if they don't show it, uh, you can smell it. I, I did this competition 20 years ago and, and stood on the stage and won. And I was not by any stretch, uh, you know, like the, the most polished singer there. I, I might have been the least polished, to be perfectly honest. Um, 
but this this um, this competition works well because it's it's kind of based on promise, you know. Um, who's going to be able to fill the house? They really want to know who can fill that house because it's not for kids. And and we kind of throw kids in there just to see what they're going to be capable of. And and when I when I talk to the young uh, singers who compete today, and I'll, and I'm sure I'll get to talk to a few of them. Um, they um, I, I I make sure that they understand that it took ten years for this bass baritone to come back as a guest um, following that competition. Some singers, some singers from that year didn't win and had contracts at the Met the next year. Some singers won and became young artists. Some singers won and disappeared. Uh, I won and then, and then moved to Chicago almost immediately. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't go into the Met Young Artist program. I wasn't even asked. I did audition, but I didn't, um, you know, that, that day I was not... I wasn't invited, you know, for, for a myriad of reasons and, and they're all, you know, it all works out. But, um, you know, at the time it was, it was fairly frustrating, but I, I did win that and it was 10 years before I had my debut. Uh, and so this is 20 years, um, now the anniversary of, of winning that competition. And and so, uh, it, it'll be important for me today when I, when I do talk to a few of them and and the guys always come see me, which is nice. Um, you know, this, this is not a finishing spot. This is not a victory lap. This is the new beginning. Uh, it really is, and it's hard to it's hard to understand that at the time. Uh, take that money and, and save it and and invest it in yourself. Really, that that's what it, that's what I was determined. You know, you, I paid a couple months rent, but then that money went right into lessons and coachings and scores. And I think I got a new suit out of it. And you know, like it was time to um, take the windfall cash, which is what it is, and and um, uh, do something with it. Do something good. Invest in yourself. That's by far the best investment that I can give a young singer. Uh, continue on. And for the people that don't win today and for the people that were already sent home after the semifinals, the, the list of singers that didn't win this thing is far more impressive than the list of singers that did. I, <laughs> I promise. Um, uh, plenty of people don't, you know, it, it, and it always depends on who you're, who you're coming up against. Um, uh, the, the three or four people that I, that I won with you know, they, they pick uh, four or five winners and the ones that I won with are, are I, I don't sing with any of them. Uh, I, I've sung with one of them a couple times, but not in years. And, and, and the other two I, I, I've never sang with again. And so, you know, th- this is, um, you need to, you need to look at it as a, a new starting point, uh, a check, take the check, invest in yourself, be grateful, keep going. You, somebody has, has reminded you that you should keep going. Uh, and that's that's a good thing. And, and for the people that didn't get passed on, I hope you get all fired up. I hope you get real angry about it. That's that's how that's going to pay out. Get real angry about it. And for the people that get frustrated and decide they're going to do something else, that's okay too. I like it. I like clarity. I like things that make me go right. It's this, um, good or bad. I like the clarity. I love you for listening. Everybody, you know I do. Episode something. Everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, we'll catch up. Uh, we'll catch up next time. All right, thanks. Bye.